Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Fans and welcome to our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number twenty-six, and it is Monday, April tenth, two thousand seventeen. Glad to be back with you to talk about the world of retro wrestling. I am Joe Murata. This is Michael Quinn. How's it going, Quinn? Howdy, D. Happy WrestleMania season's finally over. Yeah, now we get to actually have fun. <laughs> What are you trying to say? It wasn't fun doing uh, all the WrestleMania stuff? Well, it was fun doing that stuff, but that show was... Woof. 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 And, and of you, course, you can hear about that yeah, You can hear about else. that in last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, folks, we are, of course, your retro wrestling podcast, and we're excited to finally talk about the retro wrestling things again. It feels like it's been a little while. Yeah. yeah. We've been busy. Thank you for hanging in there with us as we've had a, you know Hall of Fame bites. We had Scott Keith on for the WrestleMania special. We had yeah. a live WrestleMania reaction show. Yeah, we had a, the full game. Gambit. Is that what it is? Yeah, there was a Gam- gambit. A gamut. A gamut. A gamut. It might have been a gamut. Yeah. Gamut. Yeah. Gauntlet. It's like Gambit from it's not X-Men. Like, it's not like Gambit from Mexmen or whatever you just said. X-Men. I know it's X-Men. 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 <laughs> X-Man. X-Man. Yeah. Anyway, folks, speaking of our X-Man, we have a special interview coming up this week. Yeah. You're going to hear us interview the one and only Sean Mooney. Did you know that? I'm amazed. That's going to be incredible. There's one thing, Quinn, that I know we have to ask him about, and it's this guy right here. Hi, everybody. I'm Ian Mooney. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, he, that that's needs gonna, to get addressed. That will get addressed. Don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't believe this is real. It's real. We talked to Sean Mooney, folks, and uh, it's going to be a great episode. Stay tuned for that midweek special. Yeah. And in the meantime, where can they find us, Quinn? Well, they can find us over at iTunes, where you can leave a review. Yeah. Um, we love those reviews, so keep them coming. You can get us at Google Play Music, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Who and, cares? Oh, whoa. 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 Stitcher got it. FM.player.feet <laughs> and tune in. Tune in, yeah. It's, we're everywhere. We are everywhere. We're everywhere. Uh, we also have a website. It's ovppodcast.com, Quinn. We got a lot of links there. Yeah. All the stuff I just said. You can get it over there. Yeah, just one shot. Yeah, you don't have to listen to me say it. You can just listen <laughs> Go to our website. Read the web. Read it. Read, read the, the website. website. Yeah. You can find us on our Twitter at OVP Podcast. We love the tweets. And of course, if you take emails, we do too. That's OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. And Quinn, there's a video site that we're at too. Yeah, youtube.feet.web. Yes, great site. It's a new site. It's about webbed feet. (laughs) And you can watch videos of webbed feet. And us. And us, but not on the same channel. Yeah. (laughs) We we have our own channel. We're on the separate. We have nothing to do with the webbed feet. Anti-webbed feet channel. (laughs) So we also are on the Place to Be Nation. Perhaps you're listening to us there. If you're not, why don't you go on over to placetobenation.com. Check out some of their other podcasts and ours, of course. Yeah. But there's some good stuff there, Quinn. I always like the Place to Be podcast, the mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the mother sip, the as they say. The standard with yeah. JT and Scott. And they're yep. talking about those MSG shows. and it, Good stuff, yep. Sometimes Saturday Night's Main Event, I've noticed also. They're in 85 right now. Right. They're doing a good job there. We're all over the place over here. <laughs> we but. are in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Yeah. When are we going to do like the 1920s? Well, when we cover Farmer Burns. <laughs> 
That's right, folks. Maybe that'll happen one yep. of these days. One day. <laughs> folks, we have um, you know, our season three format, which starts with what do you think of? And I get to be the one to bestow this question upon Quinn. Quinn, this is about as retro as retro can be here. I'm talking about a guy that wrestled for a very long time. Oh. A very, very long time. Quinn, what do you think of The Undertaker? Ooh. The bell tolls, huh? The bell tolls. Well, The Undertaker. Yeah. Hmm. What do I think of The Undertaker? Yeah. Um, what do you think of The Undertaker? I, I generally like him, but I feel like he was always a, like, he was an entity rather than, like, a wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, it's like he didn't need the belt. He was kind of just there. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I, I agree. When I think of The Undertaker, I think of this kind of looming thing in the background that never loses this brooding presence that yeah. at any time can come and kick your ass yeah or it, throw lightning at you it's probably one of the coolest gimmicks of all time i'll give it that like some might say that some might say it's hokey it's ho- it's hokey and cool all at the same time because <laughs> think about it when he first came right the majority of fans yeah. were like kids and stuff so a dude that's like, I'm going to bury my opponents alive and kill them. That's everything an eight-year-old wants to hear. You know, that's a good point. And he, he was the first real, like, leap-off-the-pages cartoon character that they had. Yeah, I would and say. that's not to say they didn't have a lot of gimmicks like that. They, I, they, they I, I mean, gimmicks. if you think about it, like, Brutus the Barber Beefcake was like a cartoon-style character. Yes, but this transcended that. This took it to another level. Well, this was more like the 90s-comic-style character, like Spawn or something. Yeah, it, was like, okay. it was like dark, yeah, you know sure, what I mean? Sure. Which was like a trend back then. He was dark. I mean, folks, you know the story of The Undertaker. We don't need to go through his entire career because it's so damn long. Well, I do think the one weird thing about his debut is that Brother Love's involved. Brother Love was his manager. As we all know, you know, Ted DiBiase introduced him as his mystery partner at Survivor Mm -hmm. Series 90. Yeah. Led to the ring by his manager, Brother Love, weighing in at 320 pounds from Death Valley. I give you... The Undertaker! <laughs> the Undertaker! The mystery partner is now revealed! I never heard of oh, it! Take oh, take Accompanied by Brother Love, he had, now Quinn, did you know this? He had actually taped a match or two before the Survivor Series to air afterwards. Yeah, as Kane the Undertaker. As Kane the Undertaker. Which I always say, you know, has something to do with the Kane thing. Of course. Nobody, nobody ever likes to I'm acknowledge that. Yeah. No, no, no. They totally pulled the Kane name because of that. Actually, sometimes I've heard you disagree with me on this. Well, maybe I fluctuate. You okay. fluctuate now? I okay. change my mind like a girl changes clothes. Okay. Katy well. Perry. Now, anyway, he was a heel for a while, Quinn. Yeah. He turned face like vaguely by helping he, Randy he, Savage he kind of basically Jake the Snake was going to give him, you know, he was going to give Randy Savage the chair shot after he Miss Elizabeth had helped him and all this. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And Miss Elizabeth, the, the connotation was Miss Elizabeth was going to get hit by the chair. Yes. And Undertaker's and, like, no. And then and right <laughs> as Jake's about to do it, they come through the curtain and who stops the chair? Jake's pal, the Undertaker. He's I'm not standing for this shit, basically. Yep. Just who in the hell do you think you are and whose side are you on? You tell me, whose side are you on? Not yours. Now, Quinn, would you say the first, oh, I'd say from 90 to about, oh, 90 
six. Like, The Undertaker was very much what you said in the beginning. An entity. He didn't need the title. I know he briefly won it from Hogan. I feel like they legitimized him with the Hogan thing. Like, it was like, by that point, it was like, this could go either way. This could be a guy that's just on superstars that, you know, it's... You know, like how Duggan's like fan friendly, sure, yeah. like, <laughs> like you know Duggan what I mean? on superstars, yeah, right? like or it could, Adam Bomb. It could. I know. I know. It's like a big leap to say the Undertaker would be like Duggan, but it could have been like one of those characters that's just like he always wins, but he's never really facing anybody important. Sure, like so it doesn't matter. Sure, okay, fair but enough. Like you the know, Hogan the, win. The, they 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 really said no. This guy's going to be around for a while, and he's going to be like he'll always be in the picture somewhere somewhere yeah that, that picture was a pretty bad one throughout like 93 94 95 i'd say yeah I, I always like how you explained it, like you've explained to me before about how it wasn't it was actually there was like storyline continuity with that it wasn't that he didn't want to tell it's just that he kept getting distracted because if you follow through with it all it is it is kind of true it's like it wasn't like he was like no, I'm not going to fight for the title anymore. It's like, no, it's like I was going to fight for the title, but then this happened. And then I was going to go back to the title, but then this happened. You know, that's a really good point, Quinn. If you look at all of his feuds when he turned face, Kamala screwing with him. Yeah. Right? Then in 93, Giant Gonzalez screwing with him. Right. So, like, the urn gets stolen. Remember, Mr. Hughes steals the urn. Finally, he faces off against Yoko in, in that tag team match at Survivor Series. And then he's like, you know what? I want the title. Yeah. So he fights him at the Rumble, 94. And then he gets the screw again. And he gets di- he gets dead. <laughs> yeah. Die, die, die. Die, die, die. With yeah. the green, like, ooze out of and the And then urn. he, like, he, you know, he gets, like, resurrected as a ghost or I yeah, don't know what happened. He has to fight his evil And then clone. Leslie Nielsen has to, like, search for him. And That's the low point, I'd say, of, like, The Undertaker's early career is that whole fucking thing from the Underfaker until, like, the end of, until Mankind. Yeah. I will say this about the, about the fake Undertaker. Yeah. As much as people hate it, it's memorable. Oh, definitely memorable. Because it, it, I always thought, because that was right before I became a fan, but one of the things a lot of my friends in school would tell me about is like, oh, did you hear there's like a second Undertaker and like he's going to fight the real Undertaker? Like people like thought this was neat. Like, you know what? And, and uh, adults may not have, but I'll tell you what, Quinn, I was going on nine years old. That mm-hmm. pay-per-view, as we all know, aired on my ninth birthday. Right. You've said I this. saw it and I was very excited for that match. I'm not going to lie. I was mm. nine. Of course right. I was excited for it. Yeah, it, it sounds awesome. It's like, because the, they didn't act like the fake Undertaker wasn't, he, like, he didn't have the powers or anything. Right. Like, he, he still was, like, just the regular Undertaker, just in his old colors, <laughs> which is weird. But I would say one thing that really, I mean, you can go through, we don't want to, but, you know, Undertaker's 95, feuding with the corporation, with comedy. That, to me, is Mabel, the low point. Just bad, you know? Yeah, I mean, the whole million-dollar corporation deal with him and that just stupid what did you i I feel like the turning point of that what did you think of like the paul bearer turn on him that i think that's when the undertaker switches gears that's you know what i was gonna head that direction too quinn his 96 was a bit of a renaissance because first of all you had a pretty good diesel feud yeah right not bad no it was a good start and diesel left so he couldn't do that anymore and then all of a sudden, everything's nice and normal, and Mankind is this new arch nemesis for him. Well, the cool thing about Mankind is that they established that he beat him. He beat him a few times. Yeah, and it wasn't like he beat him from, like, being, like, super powerful. It was just, like, 
he was so crazy. If you heard him, he just liked pain. So it's like, what does the Undertaker do against that? Right, like, exactly. Like, the Undertaker's a, impervious, but mankind just doesn't care. Yeah, here's a guy that's basically like a human catcher's mitt, and <laughs> yeah. you can just pound into him and destroy him, and he just gets back up, throw him off roofs, he doesn't yep. care. And add to that, you know, Paul Bearer turning on him at SummerSlam 96 right. with the bowling trophy urn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that actually led to a Buried Alive match, a couple of other weird matches. Yeah. What about Undertaker 97? That was a cool version of Undertaker. Undertaker 97. You you mean when he started to get the, like, rock music and stuff? More of an attitude, quote-unquote. Yeah, I like that. To me, that's, like, the Undertaker at his finest. 97, 98. Yeah. He was a big deal then, finally. Right. Won the title, and then, you know, even after he lost the title to um, Bret Hart. Yeah. He had that great, I mean, the best Hell in the Cell match ever. Right. And Shawn Michaels. That was Undertaker's, like, first, like, hell yeah, this guy I mean, can I wouldn't work. say it's the best Hell in the Cell I match would. ever. Nah, I, I think the second one's still the best. I don't... Uh, anyway. The spe- which we'll get to, because it's in the Undertaker's yeah. path of it's destruction. In his, it's in here. his canon here. Yeah. And again, folks, we can't go too detailed with his career, because we yeah. don't want to be here all night doing this, but... We're all morning, of course, because we're live. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're live, pal. But, uh, you know, his great match against Shawn Michaels, and right. then... The Royal Rumble casket match was okay. But then, of course, the Kane thing in yeah. the midst of this. Another nemesis. This was the coolest because The Undertaker, although he had faced a catcher's mitt and a giant and a, yes. and a you know, uh, Ugandan ma- madman and, you know, all these... A wha- big fat rapper. Yeah, like all these crazy things, right? But he never faced basically him, like, even though he faced fake Undertaker. This is different. It was like, no, this is his brother who, like, has, like, alternate powers. Yeah, like, like it's more like, evil. Like, it's like the Undertaker's more, like, smog and mist and darkness. <laughs> and, like, Kane's, like, hellfire and brimstone. Correct, like, yes. It's like, and it's like, take those two powers and bash them together and who's going to win. Yep, and, of course, that's got to be Kane. You know, yeah. his famous debut. When he ripped the door off the cell, this was before that was like, the cell seemed like it was always rigged up to break the door right. off, but this is like <laughs> the first time it happened. If that had happened in a regular cage match, that would have been a big deal, but then it happens in the cell thing. Yeah, that was it's impressive. Like, yeah, it's like, it's holy like, shit, don't mess with uh, Isaac Yankum here. And as much as the blow-off match at WrestleMania 14 isn't the best match in the world, it, no. it to me, it behaves a lot like how the Andre Hogan matches. It's not the best match in the world, but it gets the job done. It got it, the job done. It's It settles that this is gonna this is a titanic battle mm-hmm. and like you know even though the ta- undertaker wins you know blah 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 as he should have as he does it's the end of the it was kind of the end of the feud it was sort of. yeah, for, yeah for the time being yeah what did you think of the dark lord 99 heel undertaker with the well, satanic okay so there was this tone that i felt happened in the undertaker before that a little bit and yes. i think it leads to the the second cell match with mankind yes He's becoming a jerk. He's be- he's like merciless. Like it's yes. like it's gone beyond like I'm gonna bury you like and like die 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 die, 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 die. But that's just the Undertaker's thing. He's just an asshole. But now, now he's like violent. Yeah, I, he's more. He's not like I'm just gonna pin you with the bury you pin move with the hands over the <laughs> yeah. thing. Now he's like I'm gonna throw you off of things. Yeah, and I'm gonna <laughs> try hit to you kill until you. you bleed. Yeah, you know, and um, basically like. Mankind almost killing him. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So Satan Taker though? No, I didn't like Satan it. Satan Taker not so good. Not good. I think it was the if you're gonna make him like physical and violent, yeah. it was like too far off like 
the beaten path of like that it's mm-hmm. like now he's like having like rituals and yeah. seances it's like what is this very like, vince russo and i think that's almost like biker taker is like good. a rejection of that good it's like segue yeah it's kind of like now he's more physical but he's losing now he's no shedding supernatural some of the anymore supernatural yeah. stuff he's still like there's a little very he's still doing like the old school and things like that yeah but I feel like they went two ways with the with the more physical Undertaker. They tried the Satan version and they tried the biker version. And then you know what they said? They got to 2004. Let's put them all together. Let's keep the good like undead zombie thing. Yeah. Now he's more an undead zombie who can like MMA fight, which was getting hot at the time. Yes. I would say, Quinn, the 2000 American Badass to 01, around around the time he turned heel in late 01, mm-hmm. that's that's okay, but that late 01 into like 03, short hair, booger red, yeah. trouser taker. And I always think hoss, of that looking in hindsight. Awful, awful. In hindsight, yeah, hindsight. In, in, in hindsight, it's bad, Yes, but it's also a bizarre transition period. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Like, it doesn't, it overall, it doesn't last very long, that Booger Red thing. It's just bad, though. Yeah, it's bad. It is. It's almost like they're trying to figure out, like, do we want him to be more of, like, a, a hick kind of character? Or <laughs> yeah, do we right. want? And then it was kind of the fans told them, it's like, when they said the undead takers coming back at WrestleMania 20, like, everyone flipped out, and then they knew for good. They were like, no, the, the, the undead character is more popular, and we're going to stick with that. And that version that came back at 20 and, and beat Kane, that was kind of the version and they've stuck with until this WrestleMania and yeah. whenever else, you know, if he's r- really might be done And I now. always consider this also the better wrestler version of The Undertaker. He had a few really good years in the mid-2000s. After 20, yes. he was he was awesome. Like, he, he, he was. He wrestled less, but yes. he showed up. He showed up. Yeah, and he was better than I he ever was. I will give you that. He he had a surprisingly good match against Batista at WrestleMania 23, I, I want to say. I think that's what started to get the ball rolling that, hey, The Undertaker can wrestle now. He like, could. It was like... Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and they felt comfortable putting him in the main event at Mania more than they used to, even. CM Punk. Yeah. You know, he did some really good stuff. But I think the Shawn Michaels match <sighs> is what everyone... It's one of the best things he's yeah. ever... Probably yeah. the best thing he's ever done. Now, I always debate, is the first one or the second yeah, one? Yeah, I know. And what's interesting about that is, usually at WrestleMania, I don't like doing the same match again, but this was one of those cases where that match was so good the last year, and like The Undertaker only wrestles once a year. Yeah. Let's just fuck. If Shawn Michaels is going to retire, he might as well just do this. Like, I, I thought it was a yeah. perfect way for Shawn to yeah. go out. Now, before we start running too low on time here, Quinn, you do know this about me. Yeah. I have been somewhat uh, merciless and unforgiving about him the last, what, five, well, six, older ten taker, years? Basically, yeah. And I want to. To before we wrap up, I'll give my thoughts and I'll throw to you. You know his retirement. We think anyway as of I, press I, time. I feel like was it's WrestleMania. Over, yeah, yeah. Uh, this past 33. WrestleMania, thirty three, son, yeah, <laughs> in Orlando. And I'm I want to say this, folks, to make it very clear. And then Quinn, I'll give you the final word. Okay. I I do like the Undertaker in general. Mm-hmm. Overall, I do. I th- think he's one of the most unique, one of the best characters they've ever had, and a good worker. Yeah, uh, a good guy, a good worker, great. I have no emotion about his retirement because I really, I hate to say it, I think he just outstayed his welcome for me. I it's agree. just too long. I would say since that Triple H Sean hug thing or whatever, I, yeah. 28 or 29. 28 I or 20. I can't remember either. Yeah, 28, I, I think. One of those ones. Since then, it's kind of, he's just kind of there. Yeah. And really, I mean, I feel like he should have just, the last thing he really should have done is just pass the streak on to Brock and leave. Yeah, I guess. I mean. But anywho, I mean, 
even though that match was bad, I kind of watched over again that ending. I think, first of all, that Roman Reigns shouldn't, if we're going to talk about The Undertaker's Real career quick, and yeah. close it out, mm-hmm. I, I think that The Undertaker, that was the wrong opponent for him to end his career on. I agree, and it's not Roman's fault. He just is not the guy now If to anybody, be doing that. John Cena should have been the guy been to, great. Got to do it, because he could have made The Undertaker look good in his mm-hmm. last match. And it, it, I'm like on the fence with thinking, like I don't know if The Undertaker wants to do this, but part of him maybe does, but part of him doesn't because mm. the last couple of years he didn't really look like he even wanted to be there he was just like well i got a call from vince mcmahon yeah. and i'm gonna do this now like, i know you know he went out the right way if this is it um losing yes he went out the right way and i even thought it was kind of poetic that he left his like gear that was like iconic in the ring nice but touch. not only that he sinks into the ground and what does an undertaker do he digs graves so he went back to the underworld folks that's, that's it longfellow couldn't have said it better himself back after this Promotional consideration paid for by the following. If you're using drugs, you're digging your own grave. There's no hope with dope. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. Thank you, Sean Mooney. (laughs) And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. That was the voice of Sean Mooney, Quinn. Yeah, there he is. He's going to be on our show in a few days for a very special interview. I can't wait. We're hoping to become a Wikipedia source from this interview. I think we might. We might. There's some juicy stuff. Juicy tidbits. (laughs) Anyway, folks, of course, uh, we're here to talk about our next segment it's a fan favorite segment i'd say quinn uh we get a lot of feedback we do actually we yeah. actually really do so we're hoping this one done it does as well this is the uh, mount rushmore and death valley and it's quinn's pick what do we got quinn so this week i was thinking you and me have been talking about this sort of but i thought about the the idea we were talking about eras okay and you you were saying, you know, which what denotes an era and all sure. this stuff, and uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. And not that it has much to do with this. And there's not enough eras for a Mount Rushmore or uh, Death Valley, right. obviously. Right. Okay. But it got me thinking. What about the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of wrestling years? Wrestling years? Yes. A year as a whole. Now, is this just for one promotion or um, wrestling in it could, general? It could be wrestling in general if you'd like it to be. But maybe if one promotion had a really, really good year. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. I got you. But wrestling years. Okay. Wrestling years. I guess you'll go first Yeah, here. I guess I get the first pick here. I'm going to have to go with an obvious year. Okay. Let's just get it out of the way. Okay. 1998, in my opinion, is the best, one of the best WWF years, one of the best WCW years. It's a good ECW year, not their best, yeah. probably. But I mean, WWF and WCW, Monday Night Wars, the height of interest yeah. in the product, pop culture phenomenon. I would have to go with 98. <laughs> Yeah, I think 98 is kind of one of the generally accepted, probably the best year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of the the beginning, the true beginning of the Attitude Era. WCW is probably at its peak. Really? I mean, in ratings and a lot of different things. Wrestling is probably being the most watched thing. 
like possibly i would think so because both promotions were both drawing really high ratings by 99 wwf was high but wcw not as much i would say they were both doing though a combined 14 on the nielsen ratings they were both getting like sevens maybe even yeah maybe 12 total but still it was high high, it was high so i would have to go with 98 plus as a fan at the time i mean that was so much fun to watch we've talked about it it was can't miss it was can't miss you had to flip the channels you had to like do something you had to like interact (laughs) with your tv and like <laughs> it wasn't a video game. It was it was watching wrestling. Besides hitting fast forward, you know, you, yeah. if you taped it or something. Yeah, but I mean, back then there wasn't much to fast forward past. There either. wasn't. Yeah, it was just like, oh, some guy I like's coming out. Al Snow's going to wrestle a match. I'll watch it. Whatever. Yeah, like, you, you couldn't know, wait you, for yeah. people to come out. Yeah, it you, didn't. It didn't matter. When's you know? DX coming out? Yeah. yeah. When's Goldberg coming out? Right. It when, was awesome. When's Raven coming out? Sure. You know? Yeah. Like, when are the cruiserweights going to fight? When's like, Val Venus coming out? Yeah. I mean, it's just it, there's just so much to say. And then, you know, when's Stone Cold, when's The Rock coming out? And when's the NWO coming out? Right. When's the Wolfpack coming yeah, out? Yeah, you're just, you want it. There was so many guys. DDP. It's probably the best year, and I, I'm glad we got it out of the way first, because it. I think it will get a little hairy, hairy and interesting. <laughs> All right, so are we putting it on? Yeah, let's right, put it on. Let's put it on. Nineteen ninety-eight, the first 1998. one. All right, I guess you would go next. Okay, so I'm actually debated in my brain what the best 80s year was would be. And maybe there's two years in the 80s. I don't know. But part of me wants to say 87. Be- me too. Because of the fact that WrestleMania 3 is there and that's like such a monumental thing. Yes, it is. But there's also, I feel like 88, 89, 90, like those four years in general, it's really tough to decide. I like all of those things. If we're talking both major North American promotions, NWA or WSW, you know, and WWF, I would say you can't put 90 in there. Right. WSW is 90. Yeah. (laughs) But is WWF strong enough at that point to carry a year? You know what I'm saying? 90 was the year that they really started to fall off, from what I know, right around WrestleMania 6 and after. Right. But uh, looking back at 90, it's actually, like, really fun. I love 90. Yeah. Sure, I that's, do. That's the thing. It's, like, it's kind of, like, I mean, we'll get into it later, but, like, maybe 91, 92, but, you know. I don't know. I mean, if we're going to talk 80s, let's just say 80s, right? If we're going to pick, like, an 80s year. I <laughs> NWA was still really good in 87, though. Right. It was. And 88, the maybe. The Four Horsemen was... were rocking and rolling, and Hogan was at his peak. Flair was still freaking yeah. awesome in the Horseman. Yeah, Flair was good. You know, like it, it really is. But, Dusty wasn't as important in yeah. '87. And I mean, then there's always '85 because yeah. the WWF is like pumping. It's pumping. It's like, but so is the NWA. The NWA is like at Flair, Dusty, yeah. Magnum, yeah. Starcade '85 yeah. is awesome. Like, Crockett was on fire. Tully, yeah. Hmm. It's rough. That like, is rough. I would say the 80s as a decade are, well, I wouldn't say balanced, but like no. their last five years are balanced. Their last like, five years are really It's hard to good. decide. Like yeah. it's like, and that's why I'm kind of like leaning towards like 87 because like I think all the stuff that was growing since like about 84, 83 ish, mm-hmm. it all came to this big bang at like WrestleMania 3, really. As much as it was WWF show, a lot of that talent was NWA, too, so it was kind of like all coming to fruition under one tent, if you will. Hmm. I'll tell you what. I mean, we have a lot of fans that are older than us or were at least fans longer than we were. Yeah. Mainly because they're older than us and they're able to be fans longer. Right. That probably experienced that period of time, right. whether it's from the South, you know, in, in JCP or maybe the WWF. Well, then they could forgive us a little bit if we were to look at 87 kind of and say... 
it's, it feels yeah. like the culmination of what the 80s were building to. Well, I mean, let me ask you this, Quinn. What year was WrestleMania 3? 87. Yeah. I mean, that alone represents something in terms of making wrestling what it was for the 80s, for I the golden it, era. I think it represents something for the business as a whole, even though, you know, the Crockett's didn't do it. No. Like I said, a lot of their talent made it there and from all the other territories made it there. Sure. Like Junkyard Dog from Memphis. Sure. You know, yeah. like in... Harley Race was there. Harley Race, <laughs> uh, NWA champion only like two years before. Two years like, before, So yeah. it was kind of like... We always say this about WWF in that time. It was it. Everybody on the card was a star where they came from. They were the top guy. Roddy Piper and yeah, Roddy Piper. Greg Valentine. Yeah, everybody. Tito Santana. Yeah, everybody. Rick Martel. The Iron Sheik was a star in AWA. Sure, I know. Yeah, Iron Sheik. Fucking bullshit. Uh, I'm just saying. Bob it. Orton. And everybody was at that show. I, I think. It, Rich I th- Steamboat. I think because of what WrestleMania three represents for the business as a whole. As much as Vince will say it's all about him. It wasn't all about him, but yeah. It, but it really was. He capitalized on yeah. all of it coming together at one event. I mean, I'll tell you what. When I think of wrestling in the 80s, yeah, 87 definitely comes to mind as representative of the era. It's like in the middle of a great sandwich. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's like the core. Yeah, it's that pastrami from Lock, Stock, and Deli yeah, or something yeah, like that, exactly, right? Yeah. You know what? I think with that said, I think we need to put it on. Yeah. So we've got 1980, I mean, sorry, yeah, 1987 yeah. and 1998. Yeah. Okay. Where do we go next? I mean, uh, I mean, I kind of know where to go from here, but uh, it, it is your turn. All right. I'll throw one at you. And okay. if I'm way off base here, you let me know. I mean, I would think uh, WWF honestly had such a good 2000, but WCW didn't. Yeah. So that I don't know. Really drags it down. Because their 2000 WWF is one of the best years they've ever had. Yeah awesome year it is true but wcw was not good if you're gonna go that late and i mean this is gonna be much later but i think a year that sticks out to me where i thought things were gonna turn around 2014 Four. oh 14 Ooh. um i know it's newer but it, it, it is it's a year where i felt like a lot of the stuff building in nxt came to fruition a little bit more like it was starting to come to fruition and sure. like daniel bryan and you know, it had a little CM Punk in, sprinkled in there at the beginning, but like, <laughs> yeah. Well, very little sprinkling. Yeah. I don't know about 14, Quinn. I mean, I, I'm i just, I'm proposing it. I'm sure. just, it's not there, but. What was, TNA was really good, what, in like 07, 08? They were still yeah, good? Yeah, 06, 07, 08. And Ring of Honor was yeah, good then, I was going to say, too. Ring of Honor was good. And, and WWF wasn't good. There, it was, was there in 07 and 08 okay? We oh, were in the middle okay. of Super Cena at that point. That's, yeah, but Quinn. Oh, but there was some fun stuff with Edge, I want to say. Edge was really good in 07, 08. Where were you? 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 Um, Shawn Michaels' Jericho feud in 2008 was really good. I'm pretty good. sure Shawn was fighting Taker at that point, too. Uh, no, was it 07? Oh wow! I always, I that's always okay. think that's early. Nine and yeah. ten, nine and ten. Yeah. They fought. Um, shit. Yeah, Ring of Honor was really crazy. I have to really like Ring of Honor is near and dear to my heart. In those years, I don't think it's as good as it used to be, but now it's no, not it's even not. close. But Kevin Steen, yeah, it, I mean Brian Danielson, Nigel you know, McGuinness. I think like oh seven is because it's in the middle of oh six and oh eight. From 06 to 08 is, like, to me, like, the prime years of Ring of Honor. Yeah. 
and like and TNA probably. But if you think really about what was going on, if we're gonna pinpoint one, yeah, I think oh seven because it's in the middle there. Yeah, and I want to say that like a lot of the guys that would go on to be the guys that are headlining now. This was like the genesis of that. Like AJ Styles was rocking and rolling in TNA. Sure, like it, it kind of is like a, a start, if you will, to the guys we have now are from then. A lot of them are. Yeah. A Seth lot of Rollins, them are. So, Kevin yeah, he came Owens. in a little later. Yeah. Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn was from Sammy there. Sami Zayn. Yeah. Daniel Bryan was, obviously. I mean, we're even to the point where Nigel McGuinness is a commentator, but Nigel McGuinness <laughs> yeah. was rocking and rolling yes, then. He was. Yeah. You have a very proud picture with him, yeah. I think, when he first, uh, soon I after did. he won his first title, yeah. I think, right? Austin, Austin Aries. Austin Starr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now he's in the WWE. Yes, he is. So it's like. I, 07 was fun to even watch Raw, honestly. I'm yeah. not saying it was great, great, great. It wasn't great, fantastic, but, but it was tolerable. It was tolerable. Umaga, remember Yeah, him? I liked Umanga, as Regal would call him. <laughs> Batista was still really yeah. fun. Triple H wasn't out, like, he wasn't annoying yet. Mm. All right, maybe that's debatable. Michaels was really good. Wait a sec. Was that when DX Babies was a thing or whatever? Until Triple H tore his quad, yeah. 07, right? Early 07, he tore his quad, yeah. Okay. Orton hmm. was like, uh, I don't know what Orton was doing. I think Edge was really the, the Edge big was awesome. star. Yeah. That was rated RKO era, too, yeah. though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. 07 is a weird pick, but I feel like it's if you weird... look at what was going on. I think seeing what was developing as... You know what I mean? TNA wasn't the laughing stock that it is now. It wasn't a laughing stock. It had Samoa Joe. <laughs> like, True. It had Kurt AJ Angle, Styles, I think. Kurt Angle, yeah, it did. Uh, man, you're right. Yeah. It wasn't like... It, it was well-rounded, let's put it that way. Would you... Hmm. It's not a bad... It's not like a year people are like, oh, seven. Like, but I mean, like, if I'm thinking all the years, it's like we've had so many stinkers lately. That's an under-the-radar year. Yeah. I kind of like it, actually. Yeah. Right? I almost want to go back and watch more 07 stuff, because I'm like, now I'm thinking, like, cherry-picking in my brain, like, things from it, but it was really kind of a good period of time. In the three... Chris Hero, Claudio Castagnoli. Yeah. Yeah. In ROH? Yeah. When ROH is actually a strong Oof. promotion, then you, you, and WWE is WWE. They were fine too. TNA isn't absolutely are horrible. Mm. There, there's something to be said. 2007, huh? Mm. Wow. Yeah, we could table it and go to another year because I do have a, a a pick. What's your next pick? 92. Huh. See, that is one of my favorite WWF years. I think 92. Yeah. As we table 2007, there's a bit of a similarity there, whereas all the, but it's all centralized at the WWE, but not so much, actually, if you really dig deep. But um, WCW was good in 92. It had Rick Rude and Medusa and, and Paul Heyman and, and the Dangerous Alliance. Cactus Jack. Yeah. We just named like every, you know, yeah. it's pretty good. It had Jesse the Body and Shivani on commentary. Yes, it did. And so, Jim Ross still. And Jim Ross, yeah. And over on the WWF side of things, Flair. Holy crap! The whole that was probably one of the best rosters they've ever had. Flair, Hogan, Hogan, Savage. Slaughter still there. Undertaker. As far as appeal is yeah, concerned, sure. yeah. Undertaker, Undertaker, Piper's there for some of it. Shawn Michaels is Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Shawn Mi- British Bulldog was a big deal. Yeah, Bret Hart, Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah. This is a good year in general. And good and, main events too that year. Yeah, you had uh, the well, you had the Great Royal Rumble '92, one of the best of all time. And then Flair Savage at eight. Flair Savage at eight. Bret Bulldog and Savage Warrior. Bret Piper at at eight also. Yeah, Bret Piper. Good call. Uh, uh, SummerSlam. Yeah. 
what was that? Yeah, Savage, Savage Ultimate Warrior. Warrior? And then uh, Brett Bulldog. And you also had um, Survivor Series, you know, with Brett Sean Michaels. And Brett, yeah. So the main event scene was really good. It was uh, half a year with Hogan, pretty much half a year without. It started, you know what was cool? It was like a lot of the guys that were from that big 80s era, there was a little starting to creep up some newer guys. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, I felt the match quality went up in 92. Because I believe also Ric Flair fights... Or no, that's 93, never mind. But I was actually thinking of some of the stuff Rude was doing over in WCW that year. Yeah, and Rude fought Rick Steamboat in yeah, that Rick Steamboat, that's, match. Who, that's, that's what, what I'm thinking. thinking yeah. of. Beach Blast 92. Yeah. Yeah, you had Steamboat there. You had Rude, like we mentioned. Cactus Jack, Sting, Vader. Just a great roster on that side, too. Yeah, so I, I felt like... You know what? 92 is just good. It does not get, in my opinion, Quinn, the respect that it deserves. Yeah. I really think people poop on it because it's like the steroid scandal was going on and yeah, ratings but, were down. But, like, who cares if the ratings were down? I like watching it. Yeah. It was just good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Everyone's like, it's not as good because the ratings were down. Who cares what who the ratings... We're, we're not caring about the ratings for, like, 20-something years ago. And who cares what Dave Meltzer always says? Yeah. He doesn't like anything half the time. <laughs> and I thought at that point in time that, that again... They should have done something other than what they did because the money to me was Randy Chase and Ric Flair. Well, yeah. (laughs) So I I think 92 is an easy get. Like, it's just put it in there. I'm going to go with you, Quinn. 92 is number three on Mount Rushmore. Let's do it. Okay. Good pick, Quinn. Yeah. 92 is underrated. Yeah. It really is. If You know what? I think it would fall under any other good year if WCW wasn't like doing what it was doing also right yeah um i think that's what put it over the top and i do think if we're gonna go back to 07 yeah i think in that light Mm -hmm. when you look around the industry yeah i think that's kind of why 07 can fall in it's not the best wwe year but i feel like the other uh, promotions pick up for any of the inadequacies they're both really good during that period of time is there any other years i mean obviously we can't speak to stuff that we're not as familiar with. We can't talk about, like, 1974. Yeah, uh, and, and, like... <laughs> you know? Yeah. When there's I mean, a million territories and all this. 2001, it starts strong, but it gets soured by the invasion, so... Yeah, and WCW blew in 01 anyway, and yeah. ECW died in 01. Well, there was no WCW really in... A few months, yeah. yeah. Uh, 2000, like we said, 99, definitely not. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like it, really. It, it's tough. What about 97, though, Quinn? I know that's right on the cusp of 98, but shit, I mean, 97... 97 is another good year. WCW was cranking in 97. Yeah, I mean, the NWO is not stale yet. Not yet. Sting um, was a huge deal. Sting was great. DDP was yep. a huge deal. WWE was getting very edgy. Heart and Foundation. Heart Foundation. The DX. whole feud between Canada and America. Steve Austin. The rise of Steve Austin. Cursing on air. Yeah. I, I, it's like I almost don't want to group something so close to I know, but, but it, do, it is better than 07. It is better than <laughs> I know, 07. I, I, I want to just give the respect to 07 for like uh, the forming of a lot of what came to be. Fine, but what about ECW, Barely Legal Pay-Per-View, Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, Raven, mm-hmm. all the stuff, the Rick Rude angle in WCW where he was the masked man, Shane Douglas. Yeah. All these things, the stuff with Beulah that was going on, Franchine. Fran- Franchine. Franchine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 97, 97 is good. ECW too, yeah. Rob Van Dam. Yeah. I mean, 
would you, I know 96 WBF is mostly poopy, but it has some of the most revolutionary angles with the Pillman's got a gun. But it does, also, but, but you have uh, to and wait. NWO. I know. The NWO yes, is formed. But you have to wait WWF out so long until it gets good. And also, it doesn't really get good till the last like three months. And WCW wasn't like, nope picnic either until the nwo in 96 it was like okay yeah wait did someone 96 include like dungeon of doom nonsense yes. like the, the triple cage the, match oh, the was triple cage, i always think the triple cage is like in like december of 95 it's, i forget it, that it leaks in it's march of 96 okay, then screw 96 it's just got too much crap it's in too it. much it's like front loaded with junk yeah. but then like the good stuff makes up for it sort of but it, yeah. do, it doesn't make it the worst year ever it no. just makes it like tolerable it's a tolerable year that gets better as it goes on yeah on both sides whereas 97 the stuff's coming it gets better too you know what screw it 97 is better i I think we have to go 97 i know it's right next to 98 but they're not even the same kind of year no they aren't because 98 you don't have the heart foundation anymore yeah, you know, things really, really get shake, yeah, it's shaken different. up by the whole Brett situation. Yes, it's like not everything on both sides gets shaken up. By ninety eight, you've got Goldberg. Yeah, I mean you have him at the end of ninety seven, but by ninety eight, you've got Goldberg. And ECW is much better in ninety what seven than it is in ninety eight. So it, it kind of you know brings good it brings up it brings up ninety any of the inadequacies that ninety seven might have. Not to mention Taz in ninety seven was awesome. Like yeah, there's so um, much good shit in ninety seven ECW. Fine, yeah, ninety seven. What I was think I thinking? What were we thinking with that oh seven? But oh seven, I feel nice like one. we discovered like a secret <laughs> year here. It's climbing the mountain, but yeah. it just didn't make it. It just didn't make it. So we'll say ninety seven's yeah. on. All right. All right, folks, so that is our Mount Rushmore of best wrestling years. We have 1987, 1992, Mm -hmm. 1997, and 1998. Mm -hmm. Now, again, these can be controversial. That's fine. You let us know what you think, folks. You tweeted us at OVP Podcast. You email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And Quinn, they can talk to us on our website. Yeah, OVPPodcast.com. There's comments under each of the podcasts, and you can just type away let us know what you think we love we actually legit we like hearing what you guys think we're not just saying that sometimes i can't get back to all of them but yeah we try website but um yeah we do try yeah we promise but let us know what you think were the best years to be a wrestling fan Mm -hmm. let's now talk about the worst Mm. all right quinn you get the first pick on this one well the most obvious for me (laughs) in my brain Uh uh-oh and there's a couple, but this is the one that always stands out to me is 93. Mm. I hate 1993. I knew you were going to go with this. Tell me why. Let's just start with the beginning. Okay. The stench of it is so awful <laughs> that it leaks into, like, the year before, like, <laughs> slightly. Like It I retroactively always, leaks into it is what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, like, as much as I love 1992... It's like near the end when Brett's with like Santa Claus Stop and it. stuff. Why do you like, always bring that like, up? Like that's when I'm like, oh no, it's 1993. <sighs> like you're gonna make me insert a clip of Brett talking to Santa now, aren't you? <laughs> <There's-> <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brett Hart, Santa's been watching you all year. You've been a good boy. You had an excellent match tonight. It's this kind of garbage <laughs> that that starts to become what the wrestling industry is. Oh, come on. <laughs> We're getting all Ica Pro and <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, I know everyone's like, oh, well, 1993, it's the beginning of Raw. It's like, it wasn't good. 
It was just like another show. No, like, it was revolutionary when it was live. Come on. The first episode is Bobby the Brain dressed up like a woman. <laughs> like, this is this is the most edgy stuff they could do. Coco Beware's on it, too. And the Rosati sisters. <laughs> like, Stop. I mean, come on, man. 93 is a piece of shit. You love WrestleMania 9, though. It sucks. <laughs> it's like, I know Evil Doink is great, but like... We're dealing with clowns now. Like, what the hell's going on? Giant Gonzalez, Giant Gonzalez, Hogan, like the worst version of Hogan ever. And we, we, we're, we're not yet. Somehow, we're not okay with Brett yet. Like, (laughs) it's true. We have to like restart in the middle. Yeah, like Duggan's still lingering around. Well, he's the crappy Duggan. I like Duggan, but it's not the good one. It's not good. It's one with the singlet, but he has the good music. He has the good music. WCW was no picnic either. No, because I believe Cheatham the yes. evil midgets around. Yes. And it's just like a mess. The Cactus Jack amnesia angle <laughs> lost in Cleveland or whatever it's oh, called. Oh, God. It's a pretty bad year for wrestling. Yeah, it's just overall bad. It's like, I always think, too, it's like the year before we have WrestleMania, like at like a big thing, right? Yeah. And by the time we get to 93, and I'm not saying like, like even the like regular shows were still in arenas. Yeah. Like by ninety three, we're in like a high school lot. gyms and parking lots, and it, it, <laughs> it's just awful. You know that I I have a soft spot in my heart for nineteen ninety three <laughs> WWF. So I'm gonna counter this real quick, okay? Joe. 1995. Yes, I understand. And that was my second one, but. You know why 1995 is bad? Why? Because this shit started in 1993. <laughs> 1995 is like the culmination. It's like the poop was starting to build up in 1993. And it was a full-fledged dump. And it was, by the time it got to 1995, it was like the turd that like clogs your toilet. <laughs> well, somebody call a plumber, folks. I think we're going to just have to put 93 on. Yeah. I don't think I can argue like this, Like 1994 is like you took like an Alka-Seltzer to kind of like <laughs> like make it kind of the problem go away for a minute or like kept right abysmal or something. <laughs> but like it just it's like, well, you know, the poo's got to go somewhere eventually. And then it, it lands in 95. Oh, God. Fine, Quinn. I'm not going to I don't have the energy and I really can't come up with any good reasons why this shouldn't be on there. Yeah. So 1993 is on there. Die, die, die. You happy now? Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. So I get to pick one, right? Yeah. Well, I say 95 still. Right. And I, I think now it's time to move on to 1995 and, and address this garbage. Because, you know, personally, 94, like you said, was the Alka-Seltzer or Pepto for WWF. They were okay. Not great, yeah, and even but okay. WCW got a little... Great, yeah. yeah they got Hogan and... They you were know, okay in 94. They, they helped them out, but... They, they were okay, but 95. Yeah. Woof. literally everywhere across the board like you got the dungeon of doom lurking around in wcw the horrible version of hogan you've got the beginning of nitro but it's like we're gonna do some ecw stuff let's get sabu and he goes through like a pile of wood or something (laughs) like on the first episode remember it like doesn't break and they're in malls and (laughs) but ecw was very good in 95 yeah ecw ecw was the shannon lat (laughs) and i think 1995 retroactively gets redeemed a lot because of ECW. Yeah, it was good. It was really good in 95. It's like the best. Yeah. I think it's like the best ECW year. It might be the best ECW year. But here's the thing is 
it's also a, still a extremely tiny promotion yeah. that you can barely find on TV. Yeah, when like, was that show on? It was on at one. Not even. It was like three thirty in the morning on MSG, right? When you're sleeping over your friend's house when you're like eight, <laughs> and you're like, "Mom's not going to find out. We're going to watch guys jump off roofs and like kill each other with nails, like with nails." But like again, it, it wasn't even like there wasn't like merchandise like in Toys R Us or whatever. No, like, not at all. Like, it was not mainstream. It was whatsoever. not main- <laughs> No, it was something that happened in Philly, <laughs> and it was like. Hey, you know there's like good wrestling on, right? Like you while you're watching all this horse shit, clowns like, and yeah, all yeah. that crap, race car drivers. Yeah. 95 is wretched though. If WWF and WCW. Oh my. It is wretched. Yeah, and 1995, if I was going to like defend it even slightly, I yeah. believe like WCW starts to get a couple international which what became the Cruiserweights. <sighs> did they get who do they get in 95? Did they have Masa Chono or something? Wasn't some shit? like Eddie Guerrero? Didn't he appear as like United States champion? Like, I don't know if that was 95. They might have had him in Well, they 95. had Conan, definitely. Ugh. I'm just saying. It he was, sucks. But I'm saying what Conan represented to me was we're going to go for an, more like an international flair here and there's going to be a bit of a difference. Yeah. You know, yeah, I just I always respected it. I thought actually WCW's 95 is actually better than WWF's 95. Yeah, something had to be. Remember King of the Ring 95? Well, there's a, Mabel, there's a tr- it's so bad there's a garbage man. There is a garbage man. Yeah. It's a very bad year and it's unfortunately. Mabel's the, yeah, Mabel, the King of the Ring. I totally forgot about that. You I, and I watched it all the way through. We mm-hmm. were new fans mm-hmm. and we saw all this crap. That's another thing about 1995, I will say. My yeah. first year, right? Here's a testament to how bad 1995 was. And I've said this before that I think it was so bad. Yeah. And because it was our first year. Yep. It probably is the reason there's a podcast. <laughs> because. <laughs> what? Be, be, hear me out. Yeah, go because ahead. Because from 95, it just kept getting better. And we were conditioned. This to is be- true. To believe that wrestling should always get better and will always get better. And it's probably because of 1995. That's an, we started at the bottom. Yeah. And now we're here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Right. <laughs> and I think that set I think that says the entire story of ninety five really. It's so bad that if you started there, every wrestling thing ever, even now, seems somehow better. You know what, Quinn? <laughs> it's not a good year. Yeah. Can you think of anything else? Mm, well, I think we should address them separately. So, so should we just toss this yeah, on there? I think it's on there. I mean, it's also got like Roseanne music, Diesel, and <laughs> you know, Shawn Michaels somehow isn't the top guy, even though he should be. Okay. Like, there's just all these like problems with it. Like, yeah, there's a lot of pr- and WCW. I cannot stand. They make Vader look like a big wuss. Yeah, Flair like dr- retires, dresses up as a woman. Well, you know, ninety five with ice train. I will say one redeeming factor is I believe that has the Diamond Dallas Page as a hobo gimmick. That's ninety six, Quinn. So is we're it okay. Really? Yes, okay. it's ninety six. Wow. So we made it. Ninety five can go on. Ninety five has absolutely nothing. It's- sucks yeah it's so bad that if like death valley had rankings i think it would actually make it to one worse than 93 yeah yeah all right it's on (laughs) die 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 so that's two 93 95 yeah what else we got what's a a bad year so this is where it gets interesting this is when i thought of this is like I think now is going to be the it's going to be kind of the fun and throw things around yeah we got Um, two spots 99 stands out to me as bad. 
You're coming off Thank such you. a high. I was going to say the same thing. And both promotions start to fly off the rails. Yes. You could only be crazy for so long. Yes. And yeah. and, and again, yes, the ratings in WWF were great. Yeah. But I know for a fact, watching at the time, and I know I've said this, there's a dip in quality that starts right around Survivor Series 98. Mm-hmm. In terms of the cohesiveness of everything, right? It does go off the rails in '99. Yeah, even WCW, because WCW in '99 is trying to figure out what to do. They yeah. haven't, they haven't sunk to just doing shit yet. No, not yet. However, they still, they're like, so should we do this like splitting the NWO thing up and yeah. like, like, or should we have, um, should we have Bill Goldberg <laughs> like do dumb crap? Yeah, like, that, Goldberg had a horrible '99. Huh? Yeah, <sighs> and then like. Did they introduce like cruiserweight tag belts? I don't remember. I feel and like was that, that was... also the year that Rey Mysterio's mask came off? Yes. Yeah. When he became the most annoying human being. Because, you know, we have this really popular character that's known for his mask and fans like to buy the mask and wear it. So, you know what we should do? Let's take the mask off of him. You know what bugged me? Yeah, good point. <laughs> you know what really bugged me about 99? Like you said, it came off the rails. Vince Russo. He was great in 98 and whatever filters he was working with. In 99, he makes no sense. Almost no. nothing makes sense. And doesn't that, by the end of the year, he's in WCW? Yeah. So then that's infecting that. Yeah. And then, like... He does the same thing over there. He somehow poisons that promotion. I stood in this very ring one month ago, and I made history. And it's weird because he was so good. It's almost like... It's like he ran out of ideas mm-hmm. and he ducked out of WWE before they could realize he was out of ideas. <laughs> and then then WWE's like, we don't know what to freaking do. He's been writing the show for three or four years. So they're lost. They thankfully recovered. And then WCW gets all the poopy ideas from yeah. Rince Russo. It was hard to make sense of what was going on. That's the main problem with it. Right. With but I will say did. this. WWF kind of rebounded near the end of the year when they well, said, they got- you know what? We're going to go with Triple H. And they got Chris Kresge to start storyboarding things and yeah their lead writer for about a year and they had a great 2000 like we mentioned but yeah their 99 is all over the place and i know ratings were high i know people still cared yeah but what it rewatchability is almost nothing it felt like they had t- been at the highest of highs and they didn't know how to top anymore yeah and they and it took them almost an entire year both promotions mm-hmm. to figure out which way they were going yeah you went the completely wrong way wf went the right way yeah however it still was like a period of like what the hell are we doing for both yeah 99 had you like, know the higher power angle quinn yeah the ministry of darkness the corporate ministry mm-hmm. oh and too much mcmahon's too much mcmahon's too many times, like, power changed hands, like, CEOs and ownership. Although, doesn't that include one of my favorite things as far as um, the who control, like, yeah. how many people own what percent of <laughs> yes. WWE and, like, like how that could be an entire podcast, like, probably, like, breaking down who owns what percentage <laughs> in, like, 2017 after all has been said and done. Yes, who actually owns everything and how yeah. much. There's probably somehow, like, like Ric Flair owns, like, one percent of the company somehow Still, yeah from like oh one or whatever yeah. <laughs> i don't know i i again i watched it in 99 uh i liked it because of the characters i knew the wrestling wasn't great the yeah. rewatchability is just toilet i haven't it's, i don't even like to I don't touch ever it want to yeah yeah i really don't like ever want and to. that should tell you right there yeah and ecw was poopy too in 99 yeah it really was it wasn't ecw that good. again they had been depleted like yeah. if you look in 99 
everything's littered with ECW guys. Like they all got they just little ECW had little. to like reboot practically by just incredible and all those yeah. guys. Yeah. <sighs> you know what? I, I don't care if it's controversial or not. I agree with you. I don't you. think it's controversial. I think yeah. 1999 is very, like, crappy. It, it's kind of not really looked good upon. I'm going to go with you. I'm, yeah. I'm going to put it into Death Valley with you. 1999 yeah. is next. Die, die, die. So that gives us 93, 95, and 99. One more to fill, Michael. Yep. Then there's probably no 80s year we can really throw on no, there. No, but you know which one I always think of? Yeah. Um... Because I feel like there was a, a shift, and I didn't like it at the time. What's that? I don't like 2003. Oh. Like, I just feel like... Scott Steiner era. O two was like, yeah. I know officially... It's like, eh. No, but I know, like, officially the Attitude Era is over at that point. But it, to me, it's dead and gone at O three. Now we got... <sighs> Goldberg, like Steiner. in WWF, and Steiner. Mr. And America. Triple H is in his bury everyone run. The brand split is new, but it's like, I don't think it worked out the way they thought they it would work out. Like, it's like yeah. they thought they were going to get like Nitro versus Raw, and they got SmackDown versus Raw. <laughs> I mean, basically. <laughs> like, I know it sounds dumb, but I mean, think of now we've done SmackDown versus Raw for a zillion years now. So think of that mm. compared to Nitro versus Raw. So, well, wasn't the SmackDown 6 still going on then? Yeah, but I mean, that's just a piece of a show in this big conglomerate of junk. Like, Yeah, you know what? On that same theme, though, Quinn, you know what year really sucked? What? 2010. Out- yeah. Outside of, like, the good Undertaker-Shawn Michaels match and a couple of things. That whole Nexus era. Yeah. You know that whole era where it was just yeah. blue? Yeah. It was just awful. It's like you just didn't want to watch. Guest hosts every week. Welcome to my... Yeah, that era of Raw. See, I think it's it. it, it TNA gets, had Hogan. Yeah, it gets tough because what ends up happening is just it's just like everything is like, what do we do? Because we've done everything. Yep. And everything's fifty fifty booking, and now it just sounds like we're complaining about the current product. Know, but the know, current product is this crap. Yeah, like, but this is this. Where this does stuff it was start? Worse. Is what what really is like around there? I would think. You think? Oh eight oh nine two thousand ten. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think 2012 is the turning point when it's yes, like 11, 12. Yeah. When Money in the Bank with Sam Punk. Sam Punk. Like, yeah. That was 11. Uh, 10 sucks. Yeah. I'm going 2010, believe it or not. You know what? I'll just go with you because I feel like we're going to be hard pressed to find well, something. that We're was... going to be hard pressed to find something. But also, I just feel like a lot of years sucked around the like. Once we get up in There's those, a, like, later 2000s, early 2000s, aughts, I guess. Some of them do, but, like, 2010... Or, uh, teens, not aughts. 2010, for me, is really one of the worst I've seen in recent memory. TNA was trying to do the Hogan thing, and I remember when that happened. They're like, we have Hulk Hogan. I'm like, well, you're fucking stupid. It's sunk TNA. It's not gonna work. The, yeah. The they thing, moved to Mondays, The Monday that? move is what sunk them overall. Like, if, if I was to look, if there's the downfall of TNA DVD whenever that comes out... <laughs> um, as soon like, as Vince I, owns it. I, Vince McMahon, bought my competition. Well, I'm saying as soon as the Hogan thing started, the optimism was high, 
but they didn't deliver and it was almost like tna hit a wall like it kept growing up until that point and then it it. was like they realized they just couldn't do it and and they never recovered plus it didn't help them that wwf just trotted out bret hart on that same night that they did yeah they they just got screwed over and that wasn't good i mean mean, besides the one bret hart sean thing the rest of it sucked in tna's defense they admirably tried when it was still like a new thing to reunite the outsiders and stuff like new no but i I don't mean new like if the wwf's bring an old man bret hart in it is an admirable counter it's like if wwf's gonna do old man bret hart we're gonna bring in old man older man hulk hogan hulk hogan and the outsiders outsiders. and and they even brought x-pac out too the band i think they were called right now it blew i hated it what's interesting about all this is and i think it's it will be a good way to round this out yeah what was this year's WrestleMania? It was a bunch of old people, right? Yes, it was, Quinn. I'm starting to guess now we're looking at this. Old people started to become the way you bring in the ratings in 2010. <sighs> and you put them over your younger talent. You know what? It's kind of the the genesis of that. That's very astute of you. Yeah. And it's going to be hard for, like I said. Maybe this year it will change. Maybe this is the last This straw. could be it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, though. I mean, yeah, 03, pretty damn bad. You know, yeah. 07 was good. 08 was okay. 09 was okay. Because everyone was is, still fresh again. 10 is where I really started to get sick of what the, what they were doing. Yeah. And on both sides, because TNA was still a side, you know, yeah, back then. Kind of. It was, it, again, It lo- that's where it lost it. It went off the rails and right. it never recovered. Oh, can I also say NXT Game Show? Yeah. Can we put How it on? How do you not know what to do with NXT? I like, don't know. It's the most obvious, easy concept of all time. Yeah. NXT Game Show Edition. Yeah. Overall, bad year. Yeah. Sorry to be a fan. Hard to watch. You with me? Yeah. Let's throw it on there. 2010. Die, die, die. So there you have it, folks. Those are the Death Valley selections. Yeah. We have 1993, 1995, 1999, and 2010, believe it or not. Let us know what you think. You can tweet at us at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, go to our website, OVPPodcast.com. Leave a comment. Let us know your Mount Rushmore and Death Valley for best years to be a wrestling fan. Back after this. The Ito Pro Professional Bodybuilding Program will help you develop the look you want. IcoPro is the integrated conditioning program that's more than just pills and powders. IcoPro is a specially designed nine-week program of supplements, nutrition, and training to match your body's potential. Start your program to lean muscle mass now. Get IcoPro. You've got to want it. Available at General Nutrition Centers. You're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to have you with us for episode number 26. It is Monday, April 10th, 2017. And Quinn, we are reviewing something. Yeah, we are. We are. And it is. This is an interesting one because it's a weird concept. We were talking during the break about this. I like it. 
You I do like, like it. I love the idea of it. This is WWF Live Wire from October 12th, 1996. What was Live Wire, if you don't know? It was a short-lived <laughs> concept. The show lived on for a while, but yeah, this version like, of it... like, not this. Yeah. <laughs> this version of it was added to the USA Network's lineup in September of 96, so it's kind of really new here, the it episode we're reviewing. Saturday morning show. I remember yes. watching the first episode. It replaced Mania, actually, is what it did, if I'm not mistaken. And basically, what it was, was a part clip show, you know, some clips of stuff that was going on. It was an interesting way to do clips. It was. What was the the unique hook, though, of this whole thing, Quinn? It was the call-in fax email feature of yeah, the show. Fax. <laughs> um, you could You could actually, like, comment. It was live, yeah. It was live in the morning. Yep. <laughs> Saturday morning, so they got... You know, they wheeled out Todd and Sonny to, <laughs> yep. uh, in the in the morning hours yes, to, they did. to uh, field questions. Sometimes Doc, if I recall. Yeah, he was there. Cornette sometimes. Sometimes Vince Russo. Sometimes Jim Ross. Yeah. They had a bunch of different people. To field questions at 10 in the morning on USA Network. From a whole wide-ranging spectrum of wrestling fans. Inside of a, um, the basically like the production room. Yeah. Like of WWE. Yep, exactly. So no, no real set so needed. Headquarters you know? in Connecticut. Probably very cheap to produce, actually, oh, yeah. because they're just filming in their freaking studio. Right. You know? <laughs> very easy to do. Mm-hmm. So this is from October twelfth, ninety six, and we get a cold open. It's the Gladiator version of Farouk <laughs> kicking Ahmed's kidney. That was from a couple of months earlier in July, and then Ahmed, like in the midst of the cold open promo, says something. I don't know what. I have now. You can't understand anything he says on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's all. <laughs> you know? So we get like this very like high tech intro, you know? Wires going. Yeah, because it's live wire, yeah. you know? And, uh, you know, you get clips of like the usual Bret Hart's in the intro, Sean like, Michaels. Just like their faces, kind of. <laughs> yeah, like, and they're weird. like, they're like translucent, like over the. Like, you can't see really what's going on all you know is that you know you hear 56k modems going and shit and like fax machines yeah, basically like so like quinn alluded to we are hosted by todd pettengill and sunny and they want to make it very clear you can email and this is the real email address so you can email them right after this show maybe they'll, <laughs> maybe they'll answer you i don't know this is <laughs> wwf live wire yes i promise l-i-v wire yeah. at of course aol.com yeah they can't even get like at wwf like i know yet no but i mean like back then it, corporations like <laughs> had their own it. they had their own like email they didn't have wwf.com until 97 oh god they were strictly on aol yeah but they couldn't get live wire yeah they had to they live wire <laughs> what about l wire because you know what probably happened what? i remember they announced this show like a couple weeks before i bet you some doofus went on aol and some like, asshole yeah just like got the real one <laughs> they like because they didn't think like it was yeah. the internet so it was new so they just figured oh we'll be able to just you know, the day before the show, yeah. we'll just be able to... Like, some intern. Yeah, some intern will make a WWF Livewire at AOL.com account. And, and we'll be fine. And we'll be fine. But so, no, that it's like a rude awakening to the internet for the WWF, really. So and I, I want to say this, yes. too. Um, the first thing we see is Sonny in a mob jacket. What's a mob jacket, Quinn? So it's like, it's like a jean jacket with stripes. It almost is like... This is what I always say about Sonny. Is her time in the WWF, like when she first came there, Tamara Murphy and all this, like... Hey, New York, I'm Tamara Murphy. It's like, she was like, she was like, talked like she was like a hip mom. (laughs) 
Like, she would never say, like, bad words. She'd be like, that's poop, or, you know, like, you know, like... You're gross. Yeah, you're gross. Yeah, like, she was, like, a host of a Nickelodeon show or something. Like, <laughs> and, and she's, like, 23, 24 here, yeah, too, so which it's is like, funny. It's like the hip young mom hosting yeah. a show. <laughs> now, she says uh, Buried Alive will be, like, Halloween all over again. And I note to you, it, it's, yeah. it's October 12th. What? <laughs> yeah, it's like... Like, what do you mean all over again? It never happened. <laughs> Maybe last year's Halloween all Maybe over again? Maybe when they filmed this and they, they thought it wasn't live live for some really maybe she messed up because they were used to doing tape stuff she just messed up so anyway we throw to a clip of um (laughs) sid versus goldust from raw with sean michaels on the phone you know what's weird about this it's like they just wanted this match (laughs) because sean talked on the phone for like a second uh, now that i'm thinking about it like do you think like because he was on the phone it's like live wire like they were like this will tie into the show (laughs) i hope not they might have you know how they there's probably some creative producer in the back it's like oh there's a clip of the wrestler on the phone this show's about the phone that way the fans know they can call him too maybe that's i don't think they thought that far quinn it's subliminal joe yeah maybe uh hbk says ass or something i don't know what got bleeped bleeped yeah yeah. beat the hell out of me steve austin wants to give an why are we in progress of this nothing match? And, and <laughs> yeah. again, I asked the question, yeah. was it because Sean was on the phone? Yeah, I think that's why. Yeah. And to put Sid over because, well, anyway, Cornette waddles <laughs> out, you know, <laughs> to the commentary table. And mind you, this at this point, the sound is awful on this show. Yeah, this is Buckshot LaFunk. Sorry, Buckshot, but this version was not very good. No, Richard Land, we didn't forget about you, buddy. We just needed to do a live wire. Yeah, <laughs> this is we all just we could couldn't find. find one. But, um, <laughs> you know... When Cornette wanders out, the crowd and Cornette are like almost, they feel like they're on the same channel because of however this was remastered. So, like, <laughs> I'm like, Just I, I cannot yelling. hear anything. Yeah. Then they clip the match with a lightning bolt. Yeah. (laughs) The live wire lightning bolt. Yeah. And we get Sid with the choke slam and a powerbomb for the win. So Cornette gets all scared. Yeah. Then Vader runs in, punches Sid a lot. (laughs) Vader is ultra fat, Quinn. Yeah. He seems out of shape. Really big. Which is weird for Vader because... I always is it no because I Vader was a bigger guy but I always consider him like the more in shape bigger guy I don't know like he seemed like muscle like he was huge like he was me, always kind of chubs though well this was also during his injury so maybe he wasn't able to do his normal um eating, exercise eating routine no just exercise in general I mean they do work he works out we've seen him lift in his Twitter okay <laughs> but, well he looks better now than he ever yeah, did he looks great. He hits a big fat splash, but Sid, this pissed me off kind of. Sid, the big face, yeah. no sells it. And remember, he was making like dumb faces he behind just, like, Vader. He gets up. Yeah, what an like, asshole. That's stupid. Well, he does rule. He the jumped world. off the top rope with an extra fat belly. And yeah. like, how does that not kill Sid's Sid? Sid's like, no. Should have flattened like a pancake. So then Sid chokeslams Vader, and then Vader and Cornette waddle away. Great. Then we go back to Todd Pettengill in the studio with the Todd cam. Yeah. Uh, Sonny reads a fax that says, Dear Sonny, please do striptease on your show on Saturday from your slave, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. <sighs> they thought that was so funny. But don't worry, because this thing... One letter leads to a lot of uh, stupidness in this. Oh, there's episode. more stupidness. Yeah, don't yeah. worry. So then we finally take a call, and it's from Pete, Peter, Peter, from California. And this is the best question yeah. I've ever heard. Obviously, if I was going to call a live wrestling show, I would ask this: Who do you think has a better power bomb, 
uh, Sid mm. or uh, Vader. Now, first of all, Todd is basically like, why don't you tell me, you asshole? Yeah. <laughs> Todd keeps at, and this is a current thing. Yes. Todd keeps asking them questions. Yeah, like what? What they're calling to ask you questions. I know why. I just realized why. Why? Because they want to keep the fans on the company line, and they don't want people to start breaking kayfabe and all this stuff. Well, we know in other episodes that that happens, and it's a glorious disaster. Yes. It is funny when it happens. We, we've mentioned that Livewire episode before. <laughs> yes. So they debate the power bombs. Peter says it's Sid, and Sonny agrees and calls Vader fat. <laughs> now, Quinn, you said uh, Todd was really mooning it up. Yeah, he he's reminiscent of Mooney, but then I realized later on that his suit and his getup and like the way just the way his hair is in this episode he looks like vince he you say that i don't know if i see it i I, people if you want to look it up if you like pause in the middle and just look at todd like he looks very it's like because vince was on the previous episode it's almost like we need more me on this show (laughs) like todd dressed up like me you kind of look like me when i was 20 or something or whatever <laughs> 10 back uh, back in you know 1915 or whatever so you know quinn i didn't realize this was such a hot debate about the power bomb they actually have a wwf video package about right. who has the better power bomb and this leads me to with the peter question here yeah was he like a, a plant or something because <laughs> how did they have a video package prepared about like all the the virtues of each man's power bomb and like vader's stronger but sid's taller and first first of all when was Vader's finisher ever a power bomb? It isn't. It's the Vader bomb. Which it's, is a splash, the pump splash. Which was weird because it's almost like they're trying to confuse the fans just for this match. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's the Vader bomb. It's a power bomb. Well, you know, in WCW, Quinn, in 93, uh, one of the best years, uh, they were actually a team and they teamed up as the masters of the power bomb. Well, maybe that's why that. Maybe that's why, but not in WWF. That was never his finisher. Yeah, WWF fans shouldn't have known about that. <laughs> I know. So. Did you like this uh, clip, Quinn, of uh, Cornette getting interviewed while Vader was whacking a box with a stick or something? <laughs> what was yes. that? He, he takes like a boom mic stand <laughs> and then he's like, Cornette's just talking and then Vader's just slamming a cardboard box in the background. It's almost like he was just like, I need to hit something like, <laughs> it was weird. so I can look like a wild man. Yeah. And he just looks like a wuss because yeah. he's like, this is the best you can do. It's like, we could do this right now. We have cardboard boxes and, and mic booms, stand, yeah. stands in this basement. Like, we would just do it. And we have better power bombs, maybe, too. Maybe. Then this hot debate continues because they ask Shawn Michaels who has the better power oh, bombs. This, yeah. And he's like, ooh, 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 they're both good. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, I was knocked out after both of them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why Sean needs to comment on this. He, but uh, Well, actually, well, yes. that makes sense because He's Sean, fighting the winner. He'll fight the winner, yeah. But still, I mean, who cares? Why does he give a shit? <laughs> it's true. So then we cut back to Todd and Sonny, and Quinn, you notice there's two giant fax machines. Yeah, to, en- to emphasize that, you know, you can fax in they have two facts. What are they, rich? <laughs> they, got, they got two televisions. <laughs> <laughs> so then, since we're going to be seeing Double J, Jesse James later, Sonny decides to sing With My Baby Tonight for a second. Sonny is really, like, she's mucking Corny, it up yeah. to the camera the whole episode. Again, in mom fashion. Yeah. You know? So then we get a clip of, like, Ahmed Johnson coming out of the bathroom or something. <laughs> They're like, Ahmed Johnson's here. He comes out of the men's room. It's like, what? With a big blue jacket on. Yeah. Like, who wears that? Like, 
honestly he who has a jacket in their closet that's a big bright blue leather jacket that has their initials a bit of each letter of their initials on, on each side, side. Yeah. yeah monogram jacket yeah. so then they bring him into the studio with his entrance yeah. music <laughs> he's got a fanny pack on. he does mr 90s right here yeah and todd asks him when he's coming back and he's like oh i don't know november december yeah, I no 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 special and todd's like this is gonna it's gonna be so amazing the fans are gonna love it it's like you're spoiling it i know and then sunny just wants to clarify to ahmed that she and farouk are no longer together Mm, Ahmed Johnson seems to not really care no he says nothing about it she's a single mom right Quinn so of course you know she wants to make that clear yeah she's a mom she's a mom with her mom humor so then we take a call from Lola from Pennsylvania with some technical difficulties and not to mention also Todd uh, singing uh, the Barry Manilow song uh, Lola no that's um yeah no you're right yeah Copacabana Copacabana yes her name was Lola she was a showgirl. Anyway, so she calls in, and she's like, you looking for a good woman? Where are you looking? Yeah, it's basically a woman hitting on Ahmed Johnson. And she's from Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And Ahmed's like, uh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's very nonchalant about all this. And she's like, I'm 34 and employed, and no man can handle me. And Todd hangs up on her, basically. He's like, yeah, enough. But meanwhile, Sonny in the background's like, you go, girl! Yeah. Like, saying, like, all this, like, like 90, every 90s phrase of, like, you, you know, like, women empowerment. Yeah. Like, Sonny's, like, all into it. She stopped just short of telling him to talk to the hand. You yeah, know? yeah exactly. Talk- oh, you didn't go there! <laughs> yeah. Like, like Sonny's, like, really, like, hyping her up in the background <laughs> uh todd just is like no yeah. uh, so then we take a call from sean from hey new jersey yeah, represent right, right here he asks how ahmed stays in shape yeah. and ahmed's like uh, i i work out yeah basically and that's it i said it before he even said it i was just like he works out yeah, because he's else? a professional wrestler <laughs> how else would you stay in shape yeah what the hell kind of a question is that yeah it's it's like so that i think okay I'm starting to think now, we're looking back at this, right? Yes. We know that the week before, because they recap it, is the week that everything Vince, went off the rails yeah, with Vince, Vince and people were asking about like the NWO and WCW yeah. and stuff, Yeah, that they planted all these calls. Or they heavily screened. Yeah. Right? One or the other. Because you can see people sitting at desks and yeah. stuff screening calls. Well, because probably Vince flipped out after he's the last week. He's probably there watching yeah. this. <laughs> he's like, this isn't going off the rails this time. And he's telling Todd to look like him. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. So, Sonny's just posing in the meantime while Ahmed's talking about how he does sit-ups and push-ups. Yeah. And don't worry, more faxes are coming later. I'm excited. So then, Quinn, we get Sony PlayStation Slam of the Week presented by Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot (laughs) being played. And there is a screen at one point where they just leave on for no reason. Like, they're, like, talking about something on the side, and it's just Crash Bandicoot, like, bouncing off stuff, like, in the game. No reason. Like, no reason. (laughs) I guess, like, they didn't put a lot enough time to Sony because they signed up for some amount of time, and they were just like, we gotta put something. Just (laughs) Just somebody turn PlayStation Station play that, on yeah. and play. <laughs> and the slam of the week is Mark Marrow hitting the wild thing on Leaf Cassidy. Yeah, Sable in the red dress, not the cat dress yet. <laughs> in the background. Cat dress? Yeah. You know, the cat outfit or whatever that was. <laughs> the black. <laughs> like, you know, that whole thing. With yes, the I whip, do. and she's like a Don, Donna Matrix. Donna Matrix. <laughs> Donna Matrix. Donna Ma- she, that I'm should su- be her name, Donna Matrix. I'm surprised that wasn't somebody in like Glow or something yeah. like that. Donna Matrix. Donna yeah. Matrix. Donna Matrix. How, how do you even say that? Dominatrix. Dominatrix. <laughs> Donna Matrix. You can see how much I say that. That's good. Yeah, I guess I'm that's good. Glad you don't. Yeah. Anyway, we get a clip for no reason of Ahmed winning the IC title from Goldust. Remember King the, of the good Ring? old days, like <laughs> yeah, six of months three ago, three months or whatever <laughs> yeah. ago. Yeah. Back to the studio, and did you know Ahmed? was the people's champion quinn 
He did it for the rock. <laughs> did it for the people. And when you told me, you're like, I don't remember that because he sucked. Yeah. You know what I always hated about Ahmed? What? Goldust had finally like customized the Intercontinental belt for like the first time in forever, and With then the gold, ah- yeah. Ahmed wins it, and then he was like wearing Goldust's customized belt. Yeah. I-, I just never liked that. Then it turned white. I think when Morrow, Mark yeah. Morrow, won it in the tournament. Because the tournament, yeah, yeah. So it was like refreshed, right? Uh, his fans, did you know this? Are now called the Pearl River Pact. I don't remember. I don't that. remember that because nobody was a fan. Like, <laughs> nobody was in this pact except Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> Like, he was popular for, like, a hot minute, but yeah. it, it was only till like, he beat Goldust and no one cared. <laughs> yeah, he got injured, yeah. and then that was it. Yeah. Sonny reads an email, and it's from some lady asking if he, Ahmed, would help abuse children, and he's like, uh, yeah, I already do. Yeah, what? That He's kind of like, he should have said more about that his charity. Like, I felt like that was a little... He's like, I'll give my money to them. Yeah, nonchalant. <laughs> like, it was, really? Then we get a nice call from Bob in Florida, and he's like, I love the show. I'm black. Yeah. How much racism have you run into? Okay, this... I, I have a feeling this one was not... Um, screened? Or it was screened, but it was like the guy phrased it in like... I want to ask him about like being like one of the premier black athletes yeah but, but this guy weird. like turned it around because this does not seem like something vince like or how vince would phrase the question because i know vince likes to highlight you know when a black athlete breaks a barrier yes but this was like whoa like and i actually like the way Ahmed handled it he He's, did handle he, and everyone in the room handled it well actually yes. i thought and he had a good response he he gave a joke to start with he's like well one thing about my size is i don't have to deal with much racism yeah but then he's like people just have to get over it right I thought that was great and he was saying how everyone in the locker room's really cool with them and he doesn't really see that yeah. it was it was handled nicely and yeah. then farouk calls in and gets disconnected now i don't know if that's on purpose or not you know because yeah. he's calling in to well, talk because when Ahmed. he comes back he starts like he gets bitches about it basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then we get another clip of ahmed in the good old days winning a battle royal against goldust yeah uh, that was his last match before he got injured so then ahmed's going on about how he likes mark marrow but he's gonna win the title back from him when he comes back he's yeah. like sorry i'm gonna win it right which he didn't but no he didn't he kind of never became prominent nope, after this never uh sonny's like hey, i gotta go change my clothes okay this yeah this just starts up now this is a recurring thing there's more outfit changes to come mm-hmm. but it, it this is this is because of the hogan letter isn't it the, the hollywood hogan wants you really think so well, that's the only connection. Like, why is this happening? I don't know. But she goes to change. And, and there's we... a changing booth for her. Yeah. Did you notice set that? Or in the studio. Yeah. yeah it's it weird. Really weird. They're really. This is that weird era when they're like, we don't know, like, how to approach this, like, edgy thing. So yet. we're going to be PG 13 about it. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. So we clip to the Undertaker in some fucking cemetery at night digging a grave. And I have to just say, hang on here. Yes, I know they're having the buried alive match, right? Right. Why is he digging the grave in the cemetery when the match is in an arena? <laughs> well, I said, if you recall, the entire plot of of grass or whatever was moved into the arena. Like, did they like... How do you move a hole? They, they get machinery and they cut around the hole and then they put it in the arena. You're full of it, Quinn. You know what I have to say to you? 
Die, die, die. Hey. Well, I mean, he's pretty much saying that here. <laughs> and then Quinn, you're like, I put people in caskets, but now I put them yeah. in graves. Yeah, it's like, ooh, <laughs> it's getting more intense here. <laughs> so we cut back to Farouk on the phone, and he's like, first of all, don't hang up on me. Yeah, well, look, first of all, don't hang up on me. No one hangs up on me. Yeah. <laughs> all mad. The first thing I notice here is that Farouk is way more audible than Ahmed is. Yeah, so it's not just the audio quality. Ahmed just can't... I He's hard to understand. I'm well, sorry mean, he is. We all know about it's the known. famous clip from Warzone, the video game, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, so Ahmed says he'll put his foot in Farouk's ass. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. Fine. I know you like this. This actually was like a decent it. promo because they got it kind of real, which was it, it, it's in the vein of Livewire. Like yes. Livewire was supposed to be the real show, it right? It doesn't sound like a wrestling interview. Yeah. And, and because Ahmed says this, I, he goes, where are you at? You know, I'll, I'll come, come now. now. Yeah. I'll come to your house. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Where you at? I'll come now. Where you at now? You at home? I'll come to your house. You know, all that'll come to life. In here, I'll come to your house tonight. It's cool because, like, Farouk's, like, you know, basically just getting on him. He's like, I don't care if you're black or not. And that's yeah. that's the thread here. Yeah, and they, they, they tied in because the Nation in. of Domination was just about to come up, too. So yeah. that part of it was going to be involved. Yeah, we're only a few weeks away from the nation. Maybe so that's for, why that guy's call was. Yeah, that's possible. Farouk's like, I don't care if you're a brother. Yeah, I'm going to beat you up. This is wrestling. Yeah, like, get like, over it. I don't. He, Farouk goes, I don't care if you're translucent. Yeah, or clear. Like, or I don't yeah. like you. I don't like, like you. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you. A pretty good promo. And then Farouk's like, I hope your other kidney's in good shape. And Ahmed like, hand damn. waves him. Yeah, Ahmed's wow. like, Todd, hang up on him. Hang yeah. up on him, Todd. Uh, so Sonny now has a yellow shirt on. Ooh. Yeah, and like short, like gym shorts yeah, or something. Really, what is she doing? Yeah, she and can't, we can't even see the other part because she's behind the fax machines the whole time. <laughs> so what is she really exposing here? I don't know. But did you catch how Ahmed like walked away all sad? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it's that. That just ends, and then he just leaves. He doesn't. They're, they're like, bye, Ahmed, and then he like looks down and leaves. <laughs> it's all sad. Yeah. So now we cut to mankind in a fucking cemetery. Well, mankind's I swear, like, rolling around yes, in the grave. But I swear it's the same grave. Yeah, it is, but they just, they pan down so you can't tell. He's like, I like it! Yeah, he's like, ah! <laughs> like, literally, that's yeah. like what he, that noise, it was like, ah! Like, yeah. I like graves! <laughs> like, <laughs> and Paul Barris there, too. Yeah. And then we get a shot of the guy with the cue cards in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Did we also, did we skip the shot where Pettengill had, like, his own camera? The Todd cam, yeah, I the mentioned Todd that briefly. Cam. Yeah, the Todd cam. But when cam. the Todd cam, he, like, decided that he was gonna film the cameraman. So now he's we, so cool. Now we've established that the camera cameraman's just gonna be in the shots now i guess i think that's russ actually is the okay. cameraman's yeah, name russ okay. i don't know uh roger from indiana and his friend mike Cullen. hello, hello. Who, who do you think's gonna win the buried alive matchup I have to be the undertaker i'm sitting here with my my friend mike and we agree unanimously yeah. what <laughs> well he's speaking for mike <laughs> Remember, because he's like my friend here. Or hey, I'm just watching the show with my friend Mike. Yeah, and they say the Undertaker is beating mankind, and then like Todd and Sonny are like just asking questions. Why? To them. They're the questionnaires. Why are you interviewing the people calling in? Yeah, who cares about Mike and Roger from Indiana? Yeah, it's so weird. And Todd keeps acting like Vince the whole yeah. time. <laughs> I keep noticing it. Then, because we're live, pal, the picture on USA Network goes out. Yeah, for like two, two minutes. minutes. Yeah, and this isn't a long show. So. No. No, like literally, it's not the v the YouTube video because first, just the picture goes out and you still hear Todd. 
Oh, yeah? And then... See, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yes, so I heard him for like, I don't know, five seconds? Yeah. Then it just, it's dark well, for we're like live, two pal. minutes. We're live, pal. Yeah. But we come back and we get a clip of last week with Vince, like Quinn mentioned, yeah. talking about JR's heel turn. Remember, JR's like, I don't like Vince. Yeah. And <laughs> this is this is this gets weird. Todd yes. starts talking about J.J. Dillon used yeah. to do his job and like... They're breaking kayfabe yeah, all of strange. a sudden. Like, what the hell? Todd's like, hey, did you know that JR does the contracts? It used to be J.J. Dillon. Basically, he's telling about his talent relations job. Yeah, exactly. It's, Vice president of talent since relations. Since when do we talk about that on TV? Uh, it's, they're easing into that yeah. attitude era. This yeah. is the pre-attitude attitude era. Queen. Yeah, it's just sometimes the, they were very weird about what they selected to talk about back then because it was like sometimes they would hide things that were obvious and other times they would say things that didn't really need to be said i know like it's very confusing very strange we get some clips of the fake razor and um diesel and yeah. then mike from minnesota minnesota yeah. yeah he calls in and this is stupid he's like hey todd thank you for moving superstars to usa and i laugh at that because that's when superstars got like really junky yes. and the like monday night football guy started singing the song and john michael's heartbreaker yeah that whole thing thing like so but he yeah, thinks well, Todd better no. yeah, and, and you know that was Todd's decision to move <laughs> hey you know I think we should move this Vince okay pal okay pal you go talk to USA like <laughs> he's like no I gotta do PLJ <laughs> Scott and Todd's big show yeah that show sucked you ever listen to it <laughs> no awful I'm sorry it well, was I, so bad yeah, I don't listen to it because that morning zoo format I don't you know? need Todd Pettengill more in my life oh anymore, you so. don't that show is was awful mm-hmm. anyway so this guy Mike from uh, Minnesota says he also has hates fake razor and diesel well, and welcome todd's- to the club <laughs> and todd's like no they're great <laughs> sonny says the new diesel looks better than the old diesel he looks like kane to me yeah he looks he just looks like kane really so mike says it seems like jr's trying to take over but it's nice to hear him shoot straight okay this is weird because i never <laughs> interpreted ever that me this neither. was this guy's almost like been watching too much nwo or something mm-hmm. like and he sees the Outsiders fake edition and is like, they're taking over. Yeah, exactly. So while this guy's rambling on, Sonny's checking faxes, like <laughs> literally like, pulling sheets yeah. of paper out of the fax machine. <laughs> and Todd just like hangs up on the guy eventually. <laughs> then we get Mark from New York who agrees with the last caller that Razor and Diesel stink. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and he asks if JR is going to team up with Jim Cornette and take over all the like belts. He, they're going to manage. That's what the Connell did. Yeah. Like, they're going to manage all these guys and they're going to take. What is this taking over the company thing Why too much nwo think, yeah i don't know like when was that an idea and sunny's like no i want the belts yeah because she's managing anybody right now like <laughs> yeah, like she's not the farouk thing's over and she's on live wire so todd's like hey mark do you think jr should be fired and mark's like no he's doing good yeah <laughs> yeah they, they like they defend jr which is funny yeah. Even and, though he's, like, supposed to be a heel. Yes. Then we get another Buried Alive promo. And, by the way, this is during the era, Quinn, of the bowling trophy urn. you know urn. how much I hate the bowling trophy urn? Y- yes, I, well, I definitely be, do. Well, because it's, like, tinier and it now it has handles. handles. <laughs> like, like, it was so hard to carry in the first place. <laughs> so then, at the end of this promo, Undertaker says it will be Armageddon. And I say, no, it will be Buried Alive because that's a different pay-per-view. <laughs> so then we get a clip of Jeff Jarrett lip-syncing from, you know, last year's July 95 yeah, in your house. this one's for Ruben right here because yeah. uh with my baby tonight the background perspective of yes. it, how it was made and all this and 
So Todd, of course, really digging that knife. He's like, that was the fake Double J. Yeah. They, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, they think they're so cool, like, making fun of Double J. Yeah. Like, like he's on WCW. What a loser. <laughs> like, he didn't really sing. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's really why we should. He's a wrestler. <laughs> so Sonny, of course, has to go change again. Yeah. Then we get a clip of Double J Jesse James with Double J Jim Johnston. Yeah. Quadruple J. (laughs) (laughs) And they just like sing the song like in a studio real quick. Yeah, basically it's them doing the song. Honestly, who cares about this fucking... I mean, I love the song. How many Double J's were involved in this song? It's like, what is Janet Jackson here too? Like... (laughs) Janis Joplin. Yeah, Janis like... J.J. McGuire. Yeah, J.J. Dillon. I mean, it's just terrible. Joe Jonas? Yeah. They're making this out like it's a horrible fucking they scandal. They call it a scandal. Like they do. Double J left to avoid scandal. Like, like what? Who cares? He lip-synced a song in wrestling. <laughs> like, who gives a shit? I think he left because WWF sucked in 95. Yeah, he I, left and honestly. he's like, I could probably get more opportunities in another company. Like, anybody that works for a company. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then Road Dogg's like, I don't hate Jeff Jarrett, but he's not the world's greatest entertainer. He's not even close to being a good entertainer, and I agree with that. I do agree with that as well. <laughs> but you, you brought up a good point. You're like, wait, is this because they were just pissed that he went to WCW for like a minute. Yeah, he didn't even go for like long. Was like he was back maybe? like in a year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he didn't do anything really bad. And then they bad. all act like this never happened. By yeah, the way. I know. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. They never ever mentioned like Baby Tonight and that Road Dog's entire gimmick before he turned in the Road Dog was yeah. like Double J, the right. real Double J. They just nope. Yeah. <laughs> so this Monday, don't worry folks, we're gonna find out what happened when Jeff Jarrett ran from the scandal. Yeah, there's a part two to this. There's like four parts, I think. Oh I remember it. Oh my god. Then, of course, Todd, master interviewer of callers that call in, he asks uh, Tim from Wisconsin if he thinks Jesse James can wrestle. And then I say, they definitely picked Tim because he's from Wisconsin. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I think he can wrestle is good. He's fine, sure. But yeah, because of the country music. (laughs) Yeah. Like that that whole connection. But Jeff Jarrett stinks. And Todd's like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Because Jeff Jarrett's on another company. (laughs) This is the best they can do. (laughs) I know, right? Talking about WCW. (laughs) Right. Making fun. We're going to make fun of people on the promotion. This is just as bad as when they were like the Nacho Man. Yeah. It's just, they always have like the lamest comebacks to people. (laughs) They did. Yeah. They weren't good at comebacks until like 98. Yeah. You know? But they they had guys that could do comebacks (laughs) like Austin and The Rock and stuff. This was horrible because honestly, it's not like WWF didn't think of this angle to begin with. Yeah. You know, they knew that Jarrett was lip syncing. It's so stupid. Yeah, it, it, I think it was supposed to be worked in anyway. It was. So, it, it's part of the storyline. But now they line. use it as to burn him. Yes. But you know what I will say? Yes. Right after this, Sonny runs out in the red dress. Yes. And they play, like, her stripper music. Yeah. So finally, like, the Hogan letter comes to fruition here. Yeah, she's in, like, a red cocktail dress. Like, They're, it's not even a... It, it looks like just, like, negligee. One, yeah, you know like, You might be right, actually. Yeah. And they play her stupid stripper music. What's the point here? Like, it's, Again, it's the... We don't understand like the what is risque and yeah. what we can and cannot do like, and it's what? 10 in the morning and yeah. i don't know guys want to see sunny and red negligee you know kids want to see sunny in negligee did you i don't remember karen yeah, i yet. thought she was really pretty when i was a kid so did i yeah so i mean i i was probably like this is awesome but she's like from- i also because you're like you know you're 10 yeah and you're like halfway you're not all the way there yet no, to puberty. Yet. yeah right you're like this is cool, 
but I don't really like understand why it's cool. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's a fair way to put it. Yeah. But anyway, next week Stone Cold is in the studio. That, yeah, that's probably a great episode. Right. So, by the way, Todd lets us know that they read their emails and faxes all week, folks. So they're leaving these fax machines on the whole week, and they, is the paper just piling up for the next <laughs> <Yeah>. episode? <laughs> yeah. Some guy has to come in yeah. and like sort it all and give yeah. it to Sonny every day. Like the 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 paper boy comes in the room and like <laughs> the boy, like, yeah, Mister McMahon, I got your faxes. Extra, 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 extra. Hogan from WCW <laughs> wants Sonny to strip again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that's the show what did you think of that quinn um it's a good blast from the past like i yeah. like actually love the idea of livewire i think it was like a unique concept for its time it was i really do it was and i do think it's probably the most unique way they ever set up a clip show it's like a mixture of prime time with like the clip shows of the late 90s that were so mm-hmm. prevalent yeah i thought it was interesting it wasn't certainly wasn't hard to watch it's a very nice way to um do a clip show because you don't feel like you're watching a clip show right you feel like you're watching something else that's a little more fun and the wrestlers come on and yeah. interact and they'll answer questions and sure. like it's, it's it's a really good idea it's just it's like they realized they couldn't contain the fans yeah, questions because the last. fans were gonna just come on and they were gonna ask about wcw every week yeah, exactly. Right. Which they did a lot. Yeah. That happened a lot yeah. later. It Which I don't did. blame them because, you know, Vince is on here telling them this is an outlet for you fans. You yeah. can ask us anything. And they're like the minute you tell the fans that, they're going to ask you anything. They still do. Remember yeah. that infamous moment where Vince was trying to skirt around how fans can talk about stuff um, uh, on the Austin podcast? Yeah, exactly. And Austin's like, all right, tweet at Vince McMahon. And Vince got all sad. Yeah, when Vince <laughs> ever tries to open the channels, it's like he doesn't get that like he might not hear what he wants to hear like perfect you know what i mean like yes. it's like these are these people don't work for you vince they don't have to ask you questions that you want they, yeah. they don't have to ask you softballs and, like, to- and tow the company line yeah. and that i think is probably why they abandoned this concept right. after a few months exactly because it was going in a direction where it was like people were fed up with the wwf and they wanted them to improve and they would ask like people are pitched angle ideas on this show they're right. like why don't you have jr like <laughs> yeah. run the company or why something why don't we have randy savage come back that happened in one of the episodes i remember yeah. that one like why can't randy savage come back yeah Vince? people asking like logical questions yeah. they're like i like randy savage why can't you bring randy savage can back? you do things differently yeah. you know there was a lot of stuff and like you said vince didn't want to hear that yeah i think that's the best way but you know one thing we do want to hear is we want to hear from you fans yeah because we're not a company and we don't have a line to tell. <laughs> that's right we have no lines to tell folks we just want to keep talking about that great retro wrestling so if you have any ideas for something we should review let us know. We love getting your requests. Yep. Perhaps there will be a WCW Thunder review coming up in the near future. We'll have to see. Mm. Mm. Possibly. Uh, of course, let us know your Rushmore and Death Valley. If you have any suggestions for that, we yeah. would be happy to hear those. And you can ask us if we'll bring Randy Savage back to the show. <laughs> in the meantime, find us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Quinn, they can find us on iTunes, right? Leave a yeah. review. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all the normal places. And OVP podcast.com yep so folks thank you so much for joining us this monday april 10th for episode number 26 and be sure to check out the sean mooney interview in a mm, few days you're gonna exciting. love it folks it's gonna be great we're gonna talk to one and only sean mooney and beyond that we'll see you next week too for episode 27 have a great day see ya see ya you ready for this stupid we have to face
Gus Scott doing the real Sue Starter WF. One thing will be you, and no one gonna come say your sorry carcass. Just make sure you got plenty of insurance, punk. Listen up, punk. That little ass body of yours can't possibly deal with the ass whipping I'm gonna give you in the ring. If you want to step up to play team, bring it on. Because I forgot to take my medication in the morning, and I'm in a real bad mood. Hey, if you want to play like that, there ain't nothing between us but air and opportunity, boy. So go ahead, bring your toys and get ready. Because there ain't nothing on this earth that's going to save you from this sad world. Believe you got what it 